0: Are again folks. We'll take our Bibles and open them up to John chapter 12. We've been spending some time in that portion of Scripture. We've been kind of going through the Gospels chronologically and sometimes we just stayed over in John for a bit but we'll finish up uh, John 12. We won't finish it up today but then we'll have to go back to Matthew and look at some stuff. The Lord Jesus is uh, in Jerusalem, as we know, at this point, and He's um, uh, still dealing with folks and there's still oppositions and such and many don't understand. But let's have a word of prayer, first of all. First of all, we want to thank you for all those who are looking in on this video today. That's great. We thank you very much. I Hope you get something out of this today. Uh, make sure you have uh, writing materials and stuff as you're so often uh, told to do that. That's a good idea to write things down to go over it afterwards. But let's have a word of prayer right now, and we'll just uh, deal with that. Father, we just thank you now. We pray in Jesus' name and ask that you'll help us as we look at these few things today, these few things from your word that you've given to us to look at. Lord, we just thank you. We ask, Lord, as you challenge us, as you correct us, as you encourage us and strengthen us, Lord, we just pray and thank you for all these things, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we want to look at... um, Oh, I guess just a bit of a backup, a bit of a review we, uh, where we left off last week. We were talking about the blindness that can come upon um, individuals. We looked at the blindness that God has sent to uh, the Israelites, to, to the Jews. And we looked at partly uh, parts of Romans chapter 11. And I hope you read that and studied that out for yourself. You can see that blindness in part is coming to Israel individuals are getting saved but generally for the nation there is a darkness, there's a blindness upon them, God sent that and we looked at the other aspect was that people themselves can have a blindness from their own activities and such. John chapter um, 3 I think it's verse 19 says and here is the condemnation that light has come into the world but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. People like their lives of sin. They like things as they are, and they're they're maybe afraid. They don't want to get uh, uh, saved or whatever. Don't want to hear about Jesus Christ because they'll have to change, if they won't change. God will change you. You won't have to do a thing except listen to Him. But anyways, the individuals can bring a blindness on themselves by accepting and and following uh, things that are just wrong. And we looked at in Second Corinthians, um, is it chapter four? verses 3 to 6, somewhere around there. I think it's chapter 4, yeah. How the devil blinds the minds of them that believe not, except the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them and they should be saved. Okay? So we see those blindness. And then there's a blindness for... um, Those are the blindnesses for the unsaved, but we've just touched on one that the Bible talks about a blindness can be upon believers. And we just touched on that. We'll just, uh, for a few moments here... We'll just look at that. If you would take your Bibles and flip over to 1 John uh, chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We want to look at the blindness of believers. And we... Have, go to 1st John chapter 2 and if we look down at verse 8 it says again a new commandment I write unto you which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. Amen. Hallelujah for that. But verse 9, we'll read a few verses here and just touch on this thing. He that saith he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loves his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. He that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walks in darkness, and knoweth not whither, whither he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Uh, and on and on it goes. And over in um, verse um, 15. Oh, that's not the one. Oh, yes. Over to uh, 1 John 3.15 that word hate we saw in uh, uh, those ones we read there. Go to 1st John chapter 3 verse 15 Uh, Look at verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Now this is the word of God and uh, sometimes and oftentimes, the Word of God is very, very uh, abrupt about things and very pointed and there's no skirting around the thing. That's what he says right there. It's very serious, serious, serious stuff. Now we want to look at that word uh, hate right there. It's been mentioned in that first bit in chapter 2 and in chapter 3. He says, uh, he's writing to the brethren and he says that if you hate your brother you're in darkness, or you may even not be saved if this is the condition of your heart. Now, let's we need to look then at that word hate. It may not mean exactly as we understand hate to be, but we'll look at it. Um, this word hates, or you hate your brother, uh, there's another Christian that is. Uh, hates defined, it's an inward disposition, okay? It's a, something inside, we know that. It's unjustifiable feelings unjustifiable feelings towards someone else. And it also has a, a disregard for, and I guess a disrespect for, a disregard for that individual and it, an expressing aversion for them or a, aversion to them. Okay. Um, he who hates his brother is a murderer. Um, the sin lies in the inward disposition the murder itself is just the outward showing of that inward disposition. That's what the Lord's getting at there. Um, the outward expression of the inward disposition to hate someone. And this right here, he says that if we have an attitude like that, that first uh, that first one, unjustifiable feelings, we just don't like somebody for some reason or another, or it's not a very big reason or whatever, you know, we have to be very careful of that. He says, if we're at that in our hearts, we are walking in darkness. We are blinded. We don't know, he says in another portion, he says, that we don't know that we've been cleansed of our sins. We've gone back into a darkness. We've blinded ourselves. So we would need to examine ourselves, wouldn't we? Each one examine ourselves. It's not for us to have any kind of a. a, a, a Inward disposition or unjustifiable feelings or any such things, hatred, dislike towards another individual, another Christian. He says, As much as you are able to live uh, uh, at peace with all men, sometimes it's not possible. But we have to be careful of our feelings and our thoughts towards others. Okay, it's what he says. You read through that. There's serious, serious stuff there in 1 John. Let's go back over to. Um, John chapter 12. So we see there's a few examples of blindness that can be upon the unsaved, and even the Christian can be blinded by their own foolish uh, foolishness. Okay, we want to go to um, the Lord Jesus in chapter 12. He was uh, um, instructing them, and he's showing them. Uh, verse 37 But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. And we touched on Romans chapter 11, how that God had given a, a blindness to Israel. And every person, there's none that understandeth, there's none that seeks God. The Spirit of God must be present to open your understanding, and the Word of God must be spoken and present the principle back in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 okay the Spirit of God and the Word of God must be present then the light can enter okay you don't believe because of yourself you didn't do anything we don't do anything well I, I said the prayer well you if you want to leave it to yourself then give God the glory you know but God does the work okay he opens people's eyes that's just what the Bible says okay and we want to go down to verse 42 and pick something out of this. There's two verses right here for us to look at. And we're going to look at something here. Another one of those things that the Lord uh, talks about and mentions in the Bible. And uh, let's just do this anyway. Verse 42. <laughs> nevertheless. Okay. The people weren't, weren't getting it. He says, nevertheless, among the chief rulers, wait a minute. Among the chief rulers? You mean the people that were responsible for the persecution and troubles in the Lord Jesus' life? Yeah. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. Wow. How did that come about? You know what I think? Never mind what I think. If I was a betting man, I would say Jesus had been praying for them. Would you agree with that? Mm Mm-hmm. He probably was praying for his opposition, eh? He wanted them to get saved. He tried to show them and teach them and such. They just didn't get it, didn't get it, didn't get it. And now the light comes on. God turns that old light on. And they, they, it says many believed on him. And I hope that this truly did happen. I mean, as far as, you know, the actual uh, saving belief. There's different kinds of belief in the Bible, isn't there? The devils believe and tremble. They know who Jesus Christ is, but there's no salvation for them. They tremble before Him. Tremble. We saw in John chapter 8, it says they believed in Him, and then at the end of the chapter, they're throwing stones at Him. They're trying to stone Him to death. I don't think I want that kind of belief. Do you? That sounds like a bad one. That sounds like something's missing. Yeah, we looked at that, and repentance may have been missing there. Okay? But here it says that many believed on Him, but, Okay, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. The Lord says there's something wrong with this belief. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put under the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Okay, those Pharisees had a lot of power, didn't they? These ones that they had, these ones that um, were, they were critical. They were uh, uh, judgmental. They were just uh, uh, looking at everybody and trying to judge the people by their own standards. Uh, Just a terrible, terrible bunch of people. But amongst them, there was some that got saved. This is the chief rulers now. Um, There was a fear of the Pharisees. They ran and they ruled over the political system there. You could have the priests and the Sanhedrin and all that stuff, but the Pharisees were the ones that said, this is this and this is that, you know? Okay, Uh, We want to look at this uh, little word right here. It says, they did not confess Him. Him is in italics. We know that's put in there to give us that that understanding of who it is talking about. They did not confess Jesus Christ. It explains that. They did not say anything about Him. They did not tell anybody that they believed in Him. They were fearful of being put out of the... uh, uh, um, the synagogue, that they would be cast out, they would be outcasts, they were the ones that persecuted Jesus Christ, they saw him as an outcast, and now some are believing in him, we want to just look at a few verses uh, about this, and and we could read over that, and you say, well that's just a thing there, it's not very serious, Well, let's look and see if it is serious, or just what it is, the Lord says here, the Bible is the what? The Word of God. And it says right here that many believed on him, but there's a problem. They uh, did not confess him. Okay, they did not confess him. We want to look at a few verses in the New Testament. Uh, Let's go back to... uh, You don't have to turn there, or you you can turn there, or just write it down for later, and I'll just read it. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32 it says this if I can read my writing uh, whosoever shall confess me before men him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven did you hear that? the Lord Jesus says whosoever who's whosoever it's like whosoever will may come you know that, that, that song we sing and the Lord says anybody can come Anybody can be saved. The Spirit of God will bring you, and you can be saved. You just have to believe in Jesus Christ. who's trust in Him. Okay? Whosoever will confess me, confess me. We'll look at the definition in a minute. Whoever will confess me before man, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Does the opposite then hold true? If somebody doesn't confess Him, then He's not going to confess them before the Father. Do you see that? Is this serious or what? Well, let's look at another one. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 8, we see the Lord Jesus says the same thing, but He changes one little thing in here. He says, Whosoever shall confess Me before men... Him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. Now what have the angels got to do with anything? Well, they're the ones that do God's bidding, eh? God says, go and see that one. Go and see Daniel. Go and deal with this. Go and deal with this. Go help that person. Go stop that person. Whatever. They're involved with, they're doing God's will. The angels, there's there's all kinds of others. There's seraphims and cherubims and such, but the angels are the messengers. The angel, angelos, simply means messenger. Okay. Do you have a guardian angel, do you think? How many think there's such a thing as a guardian angel? Oh, I think there is. Maybe there's lots of them. Whosoever shall confess me, confess Jesus Christ before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. These are important individuals. The angels are a higher being than us, aren't they? more powerful and a higher being than what we are. So if we do not confess Jesus Christ before man, before the, the population, before people, that means Jesus is not going to say anything to the angels about us. What would he say to the angels? Maybe, say, maybe, maybe he assigned some to us to watch over us and we get saved. Eh? You think? You think? I do. I do think that. Hey, let's look at another one. Sometimes people say, well, you know, that's before the cross, and that doesn't apply. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I guess John 3.16 doesn't apply either then, okay? Because that was before the cross, wasn't it? All right? Well, let's take one that was after the cross then. Let's just have a look at this. In Revelation 3.5, you can write that down or turn whatever. Now, he uses a different word here. He says, he that overcomes... That means to have the victory in such a okay? case. Not talking, uh, uh, he that overcomes, I will confess his name before my Father and before His angels, before the Father and the angels. So if you say that was those other ones before the cross, uh, you just lost your argument there because here we have Revelation. He says the two things in the one verse: the Father and the angels. He that overcomes, I will confess his name before my Father and before His angels. When you get saved, when you get uh, uh, born again, when you trust in Jesus Christ, your name's written down. The Spirit of God comes inside and seals you. Amen. Ephesians chapter one verse thirteen, and your name is written down in the book of life, in the Lamb's book of life. And like he says, I will confess his name before my Father before his before his angels. The angels know who is and who isn't saved. I guess. Eh? now we want to look at one in Romans and we just want to look at this little bit in Romans here Uh, in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and it says if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved did you get that? did you get that little and right there? you're telling me that this is a, a and this has something to do with salvation? Well, I don't know about that. What about somebody who's on a hospital bed and he's sick and they can't get up and maybe has a witness to anybody around? I don't know. Maybe, you, say you're out in the desert and you got saved. I don't know. There's nobody around. And God says, oh, you never told anybody. Too bad. No. You believe in Jesus Christ no matter what you are, no matter what happens. Belief in Jesus Christ is what saves you. Amen? Amen. Okay. That is something that we know is certain doesn't change and that's all there is if you add anything to that that is an error isn't it you do err not knowing the scriptures or the uh, power of God those that believe that you add other things to Jesus Christ and all kinds of religions and such that do that they're in error the Bible says you do err not knowing the scriptures or the power of God so it can't be that it must be something else okay okay let's just look at the definition get back to that in a minute the definition of this word confess it means to confess allegiance to Christ when somebody gets saved one of the first things we tell them is now go and tell somebody go and tell somebody that you just got saved go tell them that Jesus is your savior that's the best thing for them they need to do that and get used to that you know you shouldn't have to tell people to do that um I think of my younger brother Stephen. He would go up and down the street or wherever he was, he would just tell people about Jesus. He'd stop people on the street. Hey, did you hear? Did you hear the gospel? The good news that Jesus Christ saves. He can save you too. Hey? Nobody had to tell him to do it. How come? Because the Spirit of God comes in and dwells inside. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, ye shall be witnesses. Ye shall be witnesses. When the Spirit of God comes upon an individual, you will be a witness. It just happens. It's automatic. The definition is confessing allegiance to Christ as one's Master and Lord. That is a loyal follower. A loyal follower. I trust in Christ. I'm a loyal (coughs) follower of Jesus Christ. We need to speak up. And the Spirit of God does that. In uh, the book of Acts, chapter 6, they were having troubles in the church and that there were some uh, complaints being made and uh, and the apostles couldn't get all that done that needed to be done. They chose out from among ye, uh, was it seven men? Seven men of good report, full of faith in the Holy Spirit. How do you tell if someone is full of faith in the Holy Spirit? You look at them. They got a funny look on their face? They got a big smile. How how is it? How do you tell? How do you tell if somebody's full of the Holy Spirit? You know what they were doing? What's the what's what are we told in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, when the Spirit of God comes upon Jesus says, "Go and wait in Jerusalem, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will be witnesses." The very first thing, you will be a witness of Jesus Christ and to Jesus Christ. They looked out amongst the people in the church there and they see these guys they're witnessing all the time no man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Spirit of God mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. That's how they would tell I, I believe that's how they would tell somebody who was filled with the Holy Spirit they became like uh, we believe that was the first deacons in the church wants to serve and work in the church. Assignment. Is this a matter of salvation? No. Uh, to some it might, you might think that he says uh, he says uh, uh, believe and confess we would and probably should say it's more a product of, okay? A product of salvation or the result of salvation is that you will be. You hear sometimes some people say, and I'm sorry this might hurt some people or stir them up. You hear people say all the time, ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. That's not the way of salvation. That's the product of salvation. That's the, the, uh, uh, um, the, the, uh, the proof of salvation, not the proof. That, that's what happens afterwards. You get saved by believing in Christ, and then the Spirit of God will come and dwell in your heart. Amen? That's just what it says. That's all. This is not necessarily then a, 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 a matter of salvation, it is a proof of salvation. Okay? And no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. How about we have um, some. I don't recommend it but there's a lot of uh, preachers and stuff on tv there might be some good ones maybe some a lot of bad ones i just don't recommend you go go there for your uh, um, yeah there's some good ones we know that i'm sorry if i offended anybody there's a lot of bad ones there's a lot that are preaching they say they're preaching jesus and it doesn't line up with this bible does it, mm-hmm. it doesn't line up with the bible they're preaching a different jesus you know so what kind of a belief are they bringing forth for the people and what kind of beliefs taking place i uh, don't Anyway, let's get off that. To confess Jesus, to speak of Jesus, to tell others about him, that he is the Son of God, it's a proper thing to do, it's an important thing to do, it's a thing that happens, if I would say, naturally. Okay? It would happen naturally. Uh, the question comes up, were these individuals, in verse 42, saved? can't see their heart but they did not confess Jesus Christ they had the fear of man was upon them okay they may not have been saved it may have been one of those beliefs without repentance or belief without really understanding who Jesus Christ is a lot of people say oh I believe in Jesus but do they know and understand that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That means He's God the Son. That means that was God on that cross for you. God paying the price of your sins on the cross of Calvary. And He died on that cross for you, for you alone, for any every individual. And that He rose from the dead on the third day. That's to believe Christ, to understand that we are, first of all, we're sinners... Away from God, undone. There's nothing you can do about it. You need to get saved, and Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Okay? Did they understand this? I don't think they got it. I did. Don't think they understood the connection between Jesus and God. We'll get into that. When we look at the rest of it from verse 44 to 50. I think that's what's taking place here, as the Lord uh, 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 gives them a, another lesson. Um, Yeah. <laughs> what is it to believe? Well, the devils believe. Repentance is a part of saving belief. To see your sins and to see your Savior. And the belief is in your heart. The results of salvation are the Holy Spirit indwelling. As i said, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Another result, as I mentioned, is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will be witnesses unto me. You shall be witnesses. You will go and uh, uh, confess Jesus Christ. Now I'm not saying that every person that's listening to this and if you're, you're one of those ones that you've never opened your mouth about Jesus Christ and never said anything. I'm not judging you. I'm not your judge. Jesus Christ is the judge. Now he didn't come to judge people. He came to save them. Judgment's for the, the end time. But if the Lord says in the word of God that one of the things that comes along with salvation is that you will confess Christ. You should be doing that and if you're not doing that you better get yourself before god and get your heart checked mm-hmm. i'm just saying i'm a preacher i'm just bringing you to you. what god said to bring to you this is all god cares we have a uh an easy believism today where people think they can be saved just by saying a few magic words they think they're saved and they're all right they're Many in that day shall say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I never knew you. This is nothing to fiddle around with. He says to us that every man should examine themselves to see whether we are be in the faith or not. He says that. And we need to do that. And if we find ourselves not witnessing for Christ, it doesn't mean you have to be out on the street corner every day and every minute of every day. Just as your day goes along, you have opportunity, and God gives you opportunity, and it's something upon your heart, and you want to do that. He wants us to do that, and you will confess Jesus Christ. As we look at this thing, many believed on Him, but uh, because of the Pharisees, so the fear of man. And the Bible says in Proverbs, the fear of man brings a snare. They feared, and they uh, they didn't they didn't witness for one reason or another. And I, again, I don't want to get into. It. I don't know if they were saved or not. But the Bible says, the Bible says, in, in, here in John 12, 42, in Matthew 10, 32, in Luke 12:8, in Revelation 3, 5, in Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The product of salvation. The product of salvation, is, the proof of salvation, is not that we forget all about Jesus and just tend to our own things, okay? The Spirit of God, then, is is grieved if we are are saved and we're not dealing with these things and putting him off. He will be grieved. We don't want that. We want to be faithful and be uh, uh, servants of the Lord. But just something to think about, that's all. Because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. What a wonderful thing it is to confess Jesus Christ. I remember hearing a a, a speaker a long time ago talking about witnessing. The fellow was an evangelist and he was a pretty good one. And uh, he said, if you feel, do you ever have a day where you feel kind of crummy? Nobody has those, oh, there's a couple of heads nod and a few smiles. we all do, eh? He says, you know what the best cure for that is? He says, you get out and witness for Jesus Christ, talk to people about Christ, hand out some Mm tracts. Yeah, because that's a spiritual thing. That's a spiritual thing that'll just stir up from inside the Spirit of God. Anyway, we have to stop. Our time's gone. Think about it, if you would, please. (coughs) Take verse 42, and just think about it. That's all. Take those verses that I mentioned to you, and you check them out, and you read through them, and you see what you come up with, okay? Anyways, what a wonderful thing it is to be saved, that God would take a sinner such as me, such as you, and that he would use us and give us what he calls the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry to reach people round about. And one of the first things he does when he gets saved is with the Spirit of God will come and dwell in here, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Let us be just that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace, and we thank you for all things. In Jesus' name, amen.